Hello, listener. Feel free to skip this episode if at any point you feel uncomfortable with these topics. No hard feelings. No, I'm kidding. We already have an opening. Hi, I'm Gio. They, uh, my pronouns are he, they, or as Zoom likes to call me, Gio, he, they, he, they. Uh, what? Really? Yeah. I, oh, dude, I just remembered we didn't do that for the last episode. <laughs> no, it's okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Michelle, uh, aka Queen Weeb. My pronouns are they, she. Um, and you know welcome to another episode of the podcast um i realized that a lot of people are calling me uh like don't go by they only a a few people call me they like even though it's like right there there. yeah even on my zoom and i'm like yeah it's right there y'all i think it's yeah it's also like they see she and they're like okay whatever it's really unfortunate yeah um i mean i don't so i i do people explain like pronouns? why? Yeah. Um yeah, some people do. Not that someone has someone should feel obligated to to explain, yeah, right? But I was like, if you you want to you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. I'm sure. I mean, I I prefer like they. Mm-hmm. If I don't know you, you don't know me. They. Don't you she on me. Like Don't you she on me? Don't you she on me. Don't you she on me. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> How that sounds. Make she it a is... shirt. Somebody make it a shirt. Somebody make it a shirt. Credit yeah. shirt club pod. <laughs> Don't you she me. Oh my god, I'm definitely gonna make a shirt from that. It's it sounds it sounds cool. Um I don't know. I feel like so I, even people that I know, I don't like I don't appreciate she as much. Um, because I feel like they're really invalidating my non my like ace my queerness when they when they call me she or with the intention that they call me she if that makes yeah, sense yeah like like um, you can tell it when someone says she what they're, how they're feeling about the fact that they're using she as a pronoun yeah and so that's why i don't like it um and so it's i i use it so that I, people know like oh if they do it out of mistake it's fine like i won't get upset uh but even my so I was talking about my boyfriend last time, but I'm gonna talk. So now my boyfriend's calling me person instead of woman. I love it. I love it. I was like, like he'll say it like every now and then. But mm-hmm. this last time I was with him, he said something about like woman, and I said person. Like I, because I had been itching to like grow yeah to, him. to move there yeah yeah and then he corrected himself and called me person i'm like oh thank you awesome i loved it it's like i know he's and and it's really difficult you know because in spanish it's really hard it's uh, there's not really like um there's no words not that there's no words for they them but technically there's there's really no like no creation like it's that. a neologism that yeah like, it's like brand speaking new. yeah 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 and so i really appreciate the effort that he's making um to calling me to calling me person um 
Because it, it, I feel like it, not not devaluating, sometimes I will say, like, I will refer to myself as a woman in terms of, like, mm-hmm. um, whenever I'm talking about, you know, the way that I've been, I've grown up, or, like, raised to be, mm-hmm. or, like, the, the way I've been treated, um, diminished, yeah. you know. Or, like, the circumstances, the circumstances of your body. Versus, yeah. versus your, your gender identity. Yeah. 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 And so like when I'm talking about my identity, I do refer to myself, you know, as not binary. I'm a person. Um, I, I don't know. It, it makes me feel more seen when people refer to me as a person. Um, and not to say that women are less like not at all. Um, but personally, because being referred to as a woman other people have seen me as less i don't like it um and so um i feel recognized and i mean i really like they i'm i'm really i i feel comfortable with it i've realized i i feel more uh, not more uncomfortable when other but in a way i feel a lot i feel weird when people call me miss or missus or or like ma'am and i'm like don't call me Mm (laughs) ma'am like just say my name i ain't your ma'am yeah another shirt another shirt okay (laughs) i ain't your ma'am oh my goodness i really like that don't she me don't you she me don't you she me um and so it's it's kind of it's difficult because of my culture um and my language that I grew up with, which I identify the most, um, you know, and like the songs I sing, you know, are are, are predominantly sang by by people who identify as women, and like a lot of the things that they mention are referred to as women. But just because you know, it's people who identify as women and are describing. Uh, women experiences doesn't mean I haven't experienced those. And so like, you know, I, I still do it with emotion. Yeah. It's like, um, your life doesn't get thrown away the minute you become not, the minute you realize you're not, you're non-binary. Yeah. Uh, it was like the language, the, the way I, the way we speak about the, about these topics is really, words are really important. Mm-hmm. So like, cause one thing I'm dealing with is sometimes there are people who um, are, um, what we what is called what is uh lovingly referred to people who like are fresh are freshly cracked eggs to um, and like their egg just cracked and the way they were the way they describe their experience sometimes makes me wince i'm like i'm my experience is still new but like i have the um benefit of like education and um of working of working in the in the space of learning some of learning how like the proper language to use. But sometimes I wince because it's like, some people will be like, became non-binary. It's like, no, you realized what you have been the whole time. The whole time, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and sometimes it's really hard because the pressure from, you know, everything that you've experienced so far and like how you grew up. Cause it happens like sometimes when I'm in this environment at home, I'm like, I'm a woman or like, oh my goodness, like, am I really a woman? And then I remember all the shit that I don't like 
about being referred to as a woman or like how uncomfortable it made me feel when people in my in my family especially um would force me to act to dress to say things um when i never really felt comfortable doing any of those things um that i'm like oh no wait a second no i'm not i'm not this <laughs> Or I'm not the stereotypical woman because I'm not saying there's no there's actually no if you're if we're really like talking about it in that way too it's like you can be a woman and not have the stereotypical or like social yeah, socialized no identity that 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 we've been put into racialized into being a woman uh, and so it's it's interesting how when I'm with myself i guess or if i'm i feel more inclined to you know dressing differently or acting a certain way or just kind of like being i don't give a fuck type of deal mm -hmm. yesterday i feel so proud of myself because for the first time i mean i never really care about my hair it, it, leg hair i let it grow and whatnot the only hair i don't like seeing at all is my armpit hair but uh my leg hair i just don't give a fuck and yesterday was the first time i actually went out in shorts and didn't care that i had a lot of leg hair and i saw some people so i was like oh my god i'm so proud uh like until i watched dimension 20 because of how much i literally do this in my life all the time yeah the, like, the peace signs like, like for... fucking brennan just going like <laughs> i love it dog. i know yeah. it's like a thing. <laughs> i love doing peace signs um <laughs> so i mean it's just like those little things that you know being comfortable with yourself and who you are um and being comfortable being around other people who might not respect who you identify as uh is really is it takes a lot of courage and it takes a uh you know to to love yourself more than what you care and even if that means for repercussions or other like yeah. that other people will give you so i mean i'm i'm excited i i realized i you know like when i'm with with my boyfriend sometimes like i like wearing like colorful things and shit like i don't know why it just like comes out of me and then suddenly other days i'm just kind of like yeah i i'm not i'm not feeling it y'all <laughs> sorry it's kind of like not nope yeah and like i can speak a little bit to that and i'll i'll start there and kind of work a little bit backwards um for me like i so i am one of the uh one of two facilitators for a um trans and non-binary discussion group kind of thing and i but like me coming into my non-binary identity is still fairly new and so i still deal pretty often with moments where i'm internally dealing with okay, how do I share my experience? Am I using the right language? Am I, is somebody going to see me as illegitimate or like an invader to the space? Because yeah. for me, a lot of that, like a lot of the way in which I feel gender or the, the way in which like I feel gender and like my connection to, um, to my non-binary identity specifically, um, I identify as non-binary, um, male flux which is essentially um uh what other people what is also called a uh, male assigned so there is some fluidity to my to my gender identity like a genderqueer thing um uh and so my pronouns are my pronouns are he they and um the way i describe it often 
is as a, that I describe it sometimes is as a um, scale of uh, a scale of he to they <laughs> of like um, I was I've assigned male at birth and like a lot of my most of my experience has been as a male as like as the the experience of becoming a man and like I still identify with uh, a good amount of that but the degree of which I identify it in some moments um, a combination of societal pressures and conditions as well as also like my body feelings um, uh, have a scale of like can be between zero percent to to like 80 85 if we're putting percentages on it because like who who the fuck does that with their emotions with their feelings but um i'm how i'm feeling is legitimately a scale of he today and like when i'm at work i have two different names we don't have a he they name tag first off but um i i have a they them name tag and a he him his prone uh, name tag and i in the morning when i'm putting on the name tag i go how am i feeling and most of the time it's they but like I'm not at a place where I'm I'm not at a place where like I'm ready to go like shifting the order of those. Mm-hmm. Um, nor am I really in a like and I definitely I for me, like my pronouns at this moment, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right to my experience to to fully go they them. Mm-hmm. Um so I do sometimes like refer to myself as a man still and sometimes sometimes that gives me I, I get like panic of being like have I been lying to myself I've been lying to others yeah um, those are moments that like as you as you were describing I hadn't thought about it for myself but as you were describing and I was like those are moments of gender dysphoria <laughs> um anyway a lot of my a lot of my experiences for me of like of identity and like feeling my identities through my clothes so like my clothes, like clothes and fashion, how much effort I put into my clothes and what clothes I'm wearing puts is, uh, says a lot about like how I'm feeling as far as like on that scale of either day, but also as far as like my mental state. So like mm-hmm. if I'm in some jogging pants, so like my clothes still lean a lot towards quote unquote male clothes, but like I sometimes borrow my mom's clothes, especially her little, like her shawls that she puts on. And I'd be like, I like that. Give me. And like I have an intention of getting my ears pierced soon so that I can start wearing earrings, which means I'm gonna be like, I like those earrings, give me <laughs> and be like, I you can have it back, just let me know when you want it. Like there's literally a like um leopard, I wanna say leopard, leopard print um shawl in my in my closet right now that belongs to my mom. And I was like, she's like, You wear that more than me. And I was like, Well, whenever you want to wear it, let me know. But until then it's in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, but uh, like me experimenting with makeup and stuff, yeah. it's like, but I do sometimes get scared of like, am I, of people not welcoming me or like having some confrontation with somebody who's like, you're not actually non-binary. And that's, that's, I don't like that at all. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel sometimes yeah. too. And um, off camera, like off camera, we were talking about um, non-binary aesthetic and while there's not one, while there's not one really, it's um, a re- this is actually not, this wasn't even the first time this has come out this week because we had one of those discussion groups this week and we were talking about misconceptions. Uh, there's not a non-binary aesthetic. However, it's what we what um, what we call what, when talking to each other about non-binary aesthetics and like how we feel about like the clothes we are wearing as a non-binary aesthetic mm-hmm. is different than like one of those like memes that goes like the non-binary aesthetic 
and like shows like Binder, this, that, and it's like that's a misconception. Then like now somebody's gonna take that and run with it in a public space versus yeah. like us having a conversation about the clothes that that makes make us feel-, feel comfortable and like make us feel comfortable as non-binary people. Yeah, because I was off, off camera. I was telling you about like a lot of the clothes I have are hand-me-downs. Like I, I don't. Uh, I honestly I don't like going to buy clothes because of money. One and two is just sometimes I like how I look in that moment, and then I will never wear it later. I just you know, and I don't like spending money on clothes that I know I, like I'll end up not wearing ever or like that I really feel I feel really cute one day and I'll be like, oh, I look so cool and whatnot. And uh, something that happens a lot are with my like with my chest, like some days I'll be like, yeah, fuck it. I have like I, you don't really you can't see it for for other people. Yeah, <laughs> it was like there are times where you're like, you know what? Hide all, I, hide all of it. I hide, I hide all like, of it. I don't like showing it yeah. at all. Like other days, I'm like, yeah. I'm the like, pals are out. Working, yeah. I'm working on my cleavage and shit and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like I wore these really cute outfit the the day I went out with my boyfriend last time. And it was like open, like here. It was like part lingerie. It was really, really cute. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, and then other days, I'm like, fuck, I wish I didn't have boobs at all like they're they just are such an inconvenience my back hurts you know i like my i after so much that i've told my friends about it they're like you should get a boob reduction (laughs) and i'm like i mean i could i could uh and then i've heard stories about people getting them and then their boobs growing back and i'm like okay yeah i'm not gonna put myself through that um through the pain uh again because they hurt um and so that's that's the thing like i'm always one some days i'm like really enjoying the fact i have a chest and other days i'm just kind of like i wish it didn't exist because it's so hard to wear some sort like some type of clothes i don't like i have to wear a bra uh and i don't sometimes other times it's like just the pasties and other days i'm just kind of like just stay in one place and don't move and um, like even like the solution for binder is like no one people shouldn't have to wear a binder every day yeah. uh, and like they have they have a physical cost like like one they cost money but two like they affect your ability to move your mobility and they can affect like those who already have back pain it could affect that back pain yeah and so i mean it's it's depends like you like depending on the on the day to me, it's the they/she scale of the day, um, and how I'm feeling, and if I'm feeling like, oh, I'm gonna wear shit ton of makeup tonight. Or I think there was this one day I told you I don't feel like wearing any makeup to go out to this day, and then I ended up going full on, putting a shit ton of stuff, and I felt like I looked really beautiful. And then the other day I was like, I look fine just as like, without anything yeah. on, and so. Um, and I think this conversation is still pretty relevant to what we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, because uh, I have the book right We're talking here. about queer experience. Yeah. Queer experiences. This book is really, really cute. I really liked it. And I was like, what? At the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was my choice. I chose this us, book. Introduce us to yeah. uh, this book since it was your pick. Have you been taking notes? Are you taking notes? 
but no. It's okay. So I can walk I, you I through found, what, what I've what I have thought of yeah. so that you can write it down. We're just gonna take this this quick moment. For those of you who do not know, uh as what on top of the fact of um schedule changes of like these episodes come out every two, every other week. Um Look, the last uh, Michelle is also editing. <laughs> the last notes I had on this one are from Castlevania. I love. I love. <laughs> okay. It's like Michelle also edits now, and so it's really it's really great. Those those ways of like um, relieving relieving the burden of of share of the 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 love the the burden of the love of this uh, burden of love of love burden burden love uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that we love but love but it's hard sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we talked about so our non-binary experience. Um, I was like, even if you wanted to like call that section like na- that, like you know, it was like A, B, and C. If you wanted to call it like naming pronouns, or whatever, you know, okay. something something short and sweet. Uh, and if you wanted to like break that into two, as far as like since like that's been twenty minutes of the thing, and we're probably at most gonna do another like ten to fifteen, if we're honest. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's a it's a short book and mm-hmm. uh uh we both have things we need to do after this. Yes. <laughs> and um one of those lovely things about like share club pod is that like anything that's lit, it doesn't just say books, it says anything that's lit. And you see this? This is a graphic novel. This is a graphic is short story and it's lit and it's valid and it's worth it to uh, worth interpretation. And any of those fuckers in academia who would say that you can, that this is not worth their time, it's because they're being closed-minded or they just aren't interested and are, are using their textual and academic authority to say that some shit is not art. This shit is art. And it's not just visual art. It's literary art. It's storytelling. There's a narrative here in the storytelling. I'm really pissed because I'm working on this essay and it's like got me mad again about like gatekeepers. Yeah. And so I'm like, fuck gatekeepers. <laughs> okay. So, are you? Do you have your Wikipedia? Yeah. So it's not. I I don't have a Wikipedia page up. What I will say is some stuff off the cuff. This is one of those things you want to put in the show notes. There's gonna um we're gonna put a link to Short Box Comics. Um, I chose this book because um it's from Short Box Comics, and I was like, I want to give, um, I want to give some love to an to a uh independent publisher who uh. Like they pub, they independently pub. They're a small publisher, and they publish in a lot of independent works of um, stuff like this. Like I think this is like this is not the first time Julia Vicente has been has had a book published. This book is available both in English and Spanish. I found out today. Oh. Um, so like those of you who you know we have a we have at the at, I don't even want to say bilingual. We have a multilingual audience. Those who who speak Spanish or are interested in like having even like a guide, something, a nice guide of learning the Spanish language through media, just as people who learn the English language often learn it through media. This is one of those great exercises of of studying the work um, and also studying the actor translation. Mm. So the uh, short box is, um, I may be pronouncing her name wrong. Um, so, uh, Zainab uh, Akhtar, Akhtab, um, she's really uh, she's really great, and she does a lot of these connections with independent work. And like I first discovered her through um, Critical Role, honestly. So there, so Critical Role, there were some artists that um, honestly I stopped. I had to stop 
watching the um okay Zainab Akhtar, um which I may be mispronouncing there are some critical role usually has these art role art reels at the beginning of their episodes and like at the at the beginning of my stuff I used to like look at the art before the show started and then would proceed to follow every fucking art piece I liked like the artists I liked on Twitter which is how I got to like over a thousand people that I follow um, and so I had to stop because I was just like I'm just gonna pause every three seconds anyway one of those artists um was neo 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 mishi i'm i'm doing this off the cuff <laughs> um i can give you that name for the show notes um she's an artist and um i was following her tweets and she's cool and she's uh um if i if i have the the pronouns incorrect it's because it would be because of a, a, a recent update that i have i'm not aware of um so i'm going to switch today uh they're a uh artist who like at the time identified as lesbian is from like uh I, I wanna say Australia or New Zealand, but like is like a person of color and they promoted this um they they're like, hey, support this Kickstarter for short box where we have an anthology going on for Cowboy Bebop. And so through that, so through Critical Role to Cowboy Bebop, I was like, wow. yo, this is my like my nerd pipeline, you see? As like from there to Cowboy Bebop, I went in supported that Kickstarter, got the book. I don't have my physical book because uh, I, uh, uh, my good friend Isaiah, who will one day be on this podcast, has my physical copy because mm-hmm. I nerded out and I was like, here you go. Um, but uh, as, as things stand right now, I don't believe that book is on sale anymore because independent publishers, you know? Yeah. Though um, there are a number of other books and anthologies that I would recommend available on Shortbox because they're always doing like rolling content. They're, they're really fucking dope. I think they even have a Kickstarter. I, I think they recently opened up a Kickstarter, which um, we can put the link in there for that as well. Can you make a note of that? Oh, wait, what? So uh, Shortbox, uh, I think even has a Kickstarter going on right now. And given that Kickstarters are uh, like, I think it's open this week. Um, it might still be open by the time this episode comes out. Or we can like fiddle with the schedule no guarantees um but they also have a number of stuff on their store um and so i got an email i was like oh it's been a minute you know i had a little bit of change at the beginning of the semester and i was like i it's been a minute since i supported since i like i was like this is one of the easiest ways for me to support independent creators um and so i got this book and i was like and then i and i was like okay when i looked at the little samples i was like I'm going to make this a share club pot pick. So I ordered two. <laughs> um, and then I sent one to Michelle along with some other pieces. For a Valentine's. Yeah. Or Palantine's. Palantine's. Yeah. Palantine's. Yeah. Valentine's. It was really cute. Yeah. I wrote, Michelle wrote me a letter once and I finally wrote one to Michelle. And they're, uh, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts of the book? I really liked it. Like at first, I remember when I was reading through it, um, like I like to look at the characters, the way they're drawn, like to see the intention in the mm-hmm. like in in the drawings, um, like in the art, the intention yeah. of like um, the way that the hair their faces, the skin color, especially like, yeah. um, and I, I, at first I thought 
that the main character Olivia Olive uh, mm -hmm. Liv later on referred to as Liv. Um, you know, she has, um, or they, they actually don't say specifically uh, what their pronouns are. Um, have, um, what's it called? What do you call that, like the different type of pigmentation in the skin? I, we're just going to say that. Okay, yeah. So it's like this, there's like a discoloration, I think is the yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that this is the first time I ever see in a comic, you know, something like this. And I, I don't know, I really appreciated it. Um, you know, um, I thought like the way the faces and you know, making it a queer character as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like, oh my goodness, like. Whenever, whenever they were talking about the part of of um, like, oh, why didn't you give this dude a chance and stuff? And it's like, oh, shut up, like, leave me alone. And you know, at first glance, somebody would think, oh, maybe you know, she was drunk, or maybe uh, this and that. And it's kind of like, no, you know, they're not into into guys, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I really, I really like this story. Um, it never expected the ending to be like that, but I, in a way, I did. Yeah. Um, like I had a feeling, but at the same time, um, yeah. There's only a number of places. There's only a number of places of like, given a certain amount of knowledge, <laughs> of. Uh, headless knights, or you're like, there's only a number of these, and um, they all do what happens at the end. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, one being the Dulahan and the head, the headless horseman, uh, asterisk, and I would like. It is a tragic book. Uh, I feel like personally that this book is indicative of me as a person because while it is beautiful and while it is queer and while it involves a person of color it also involves fantasy and myth come to life mm -hmm. um, in a way unexpected of someone going through this darkness carrying that they're carrying through their life mm -hmm. that's like hanging over their head as a person of color but also is like has a tragic ending that is like heart-wrenching and beautiful and I like, and it's less about punishment and more about duty. Mm -hmm. um, while it is a punishment to to Sierra, Sierra, yeah, yeah. to Sierra. While it is a, a punishment to Sierra, it is the kind of punishment of what I would argue. It's. Sierra's perception of a punishment mm -hmm. rather than um, the duty of guarding someone and taking care of them and being the one to carry them on. Mm -hmm. That like with Olivia, Sierra has a different experience of like, instead of like watching this person caring for this person and then killing them and like being the murderer, it's watching this person caring for this person, them seeing you too them knowing that it, then them knowing your existence. That their, their your existence um 
based on some of the subtle moments of like revealing that Olivia knows what's about what's going to happen at some point, but Sierra promising not to take not to tell the um, biblical quote uh, church quote have been like you not know the hour the time or the hour. Yeah, like I don't wanna know. And but when it comes when when death comes, uh Olivia meets death, Sierra, with uh open arms and with a warm embrace, like a tender embrace. Um, which like feels like the difference of like I wanna say like I think it's Dickinson. The like because I uh could not stop for death, because I did not stop for death, death stopped for me. Um, I'll look it up, uh, because I could not stop for death. Yeah, so it's one of these Emily Dickinson poems that, like, so one of the fun things about ADHD is that, like, it makes it sound like I thought a lot about this, but when I'm, I'm really, I'm thinking about it right now and, like, pulling on the information on the freeway that is my mind. Mm-hmm. So we'll put a link into in the in the show notes for it because I could not stop for death. <laughs> That's why I'm really good at going off the cuff. It's just because I have a, a whole bunch of stuff that I can just like pull so out of my brain. From Athena. Link from who was it again? Uh, Emily Dickinson poem. Emily number 479. It's a nice poem. I love it. It's a lovely poem. It's a sad oh, poem, but it's also beautiful and like what's the number? Imagery. Four seven nine. Four seven nine. Yeah, I'll send you all these links. Yes, please. I have the tabs open. There's one question though, like before, because I'm looking at the time a little. Yeah. Oh, you're definitely out of time. Yeah, um, but I did want to ask. Maybe you know more about this. So there's a point where um, Sierra finds out um, that the girl Liv is seeing is cheating Mm -hmm. on her. And then she tries, she's with her horse, right? And trying to like swing. Is she trying to swing at the horse? No. And then it says like the brace got stuck and then the horse is kind of like what's binding binding her to stay. But yeah, what is no, it's well I didn't I didn't get that part. Yeah. So what's happening to what I'm seeing is that like Sierra is getting like gets off, sees the thing happen, gets off the horse because Sierra cares for Olivia. Or at the very least, one I'm pretty sure is like this is what's happening in the poem, but like I guess it's also my interpretation since it's not as explicit as it could be. Um, Which I love. Uh, It's Sierra gets off the horse and like is like, I've seen this shit, this tragedy (laughs) that's happening to this person I care about, this person I am protecting, and that like that I care for deeply and that uh, finally a person who can even see me, you know, mm-hmm. and they are being hurt by this person because while like, while I cannot be with them, it's like kind of like a fuck up situation. They're like for me to be the person, but like, I still care for this person and mm-hmm. I'm not about to sit here idly by and watch, watch them be hurt. Sierra's gonna like Sierra had the intention to be like, I'm going, this person hurt this person. I'm going to kill them. Oh. And, but could not because of the rules of the rules that they are honor they are honor bound they in some ways you could argue like a knight like paladins are knights but like they are that they are arguably a paladin in this way i've taken this oath uh, or have been our uh, oath being bestowed or placed upon them to do this duty oh um, so she wanted to why, go and kill the person mm-hmm, we're like okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna kill you in your life you're you're the life i end instead of Olivia's mm. or 
or been like, I'm only you're only limited to stop Olivia's life. And that's why Olivia's mad of like this certain amount of involvement, like you're not supposed to get involved in my life that way. Mm-hmm. Like that's information that you know because you're connected to me. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things of like you invading in my life and me and telling me something I'm not supposed to. But also Olivia's just like mad having to go through the fact of like finding something out, you know? Finding out really bad news about somebody you care for. Yeah. Woo! So yeah, I love how we just talk. <laughs> Sorry, I, I wanted to keep talking about this, but I mean I love it. I love that, you know. Yeah. They just talked and you know, it kind of you know, it just got settled because of communication. I love it. And then at the end it was you know, understanding, and although it hurt Sierra so much, she, you know, it, you can see it in like Liv's face of relief, kind mm-hmm. of like, I'm glad it was you, and I'm glad I'm with you, yeah, in this moment, like at the end. And so, oh, are there any things that you found? That like that felt familiar to you when reading this book. Um, some of the stuff, um, like at the beginning when I mean later on too, but at the beginning when when Liv is explaining about the things she sees and others don't believe, or mm-hmm. like that doubt, self doubt about what they feel and who they are, and. Is it like, why is this only real to me? But that realization that it's okay, you know, acknowledging this is real to me too. And it's at, it because it's real to me, then it is real. Like just because other people don't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Um, and so I, I really, I really liked that, that, that part. Oh, well, I guess the beginning of it reminded me of, of that and I don't know it's just all of this just feels so I I don't know like the changes and the personalities of the ages and like all the stuff they're doing it's it's kind of like familiar a little bit (laughs) yeah so specifically what I'll say to your answer is um, for those of you who have not checked out Survivors of Flame, go ahead and check out Survivors of Flame. <laughs> Survivors of Flame is a D&D 5e actual play show that I DM and co-produce uh, in which Michelle plays Luna Limbra, a Kalishtar paladin. Um, and it's dope as hell. And as I was, like, I had done some, some world building on my own before reading this book. But then when I read this book, I felt I felt very inspired. Ooh. Um, I, there were some elements of this book that I felt inspired. One that, and some of those things of when you consume media, it kind of just like permeates through. And like, as I was rereading this this morning, I I thought about a recent scene, a recent memory that Luna had. Yeah. And I was I like, know. oh shit, this, I, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that last part, that last part or was also really- even like, this image on the back. Yes, like. So yeah, y'all go watch Survivors of Flame. Uh, like, it's in the Friends of Share Club pod section on the show notes already. Exactly. 
Go watch Survivors of Flame. Uh, Michelle, where can they find you? Oh my goodness, that'd be so awesome! What if it's okay? No, no, I'm just gonna keep my thoughts to myself. You will certainly find out. <laughs> All right, well, y'all can find me, uh, Queen Weave, uh, everywhere, really. Um, and I haven't streamed in a while, so we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll keep y'all updated about that. Um, that's just cool. I know life. Um, but yeah, that's really all you can see me. And G already talked about Survivors of Flame. Sometimes I'm with uh Dinner Core. Um, I'll be around and stuff. That's it for me. (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter at Media Martyr17. That's M-E-D-I-A-M-A-R-T-Y-R-17. Survivors of Flame, Share Club Pod. Your mom's house. No, actually, that's a different podcast that it, I have nothing to do with and I no longer listen to. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it's dope. Uh, it, I'm out here, out here turning hobbies into careers. So come, come on. Yep. Come on. Come yep. on. Come on. And broadcast. No, I'm kidding. Uh, be kind to yourself because you're doing the best you can. Uh, be kind to each other because y'all doing the best you can. Uh, I, an antidote of like sometimes when you fly on a paper airplane, sometimes uh, the best way to uh, get a paper airplane the, the, the furthest distance is to ball it up into a ball and reimagine what a plane really is. Um, Whoa! Mind blown. Yeah. Um, you're silly. <laughs> I do so because you're doing the best you can. Be kind to others yeah. because they're doing this. You yeah, can. don't burn yourself to keep you the form. Um, don't catch any grenades for anybody, like Bruno Mars says. Uh, um, I think that's it. Yeah, love is love is love is love is love is love, and you are valid in your in your queer experience and broadcast and broadcast. Queen out. <laughs>